0: Welcome to the game.
1: It's a beautiful thing. With,
0: With Mark, Mark Duffy. Duffy.
1: By golly gosh. The son of a darkened shearer and a self-described ball-playing jack of all trades
0: We shouldn't be surprised, should we?
1: Who lit up footy fields in the southwest
0: before becoming WA's preeminent AFL scrum. My goodness! And Glenn, Glenn Quarterman. Wow, wow we- proud Victorian parked permanently in the West, who would have played 300 AFL games if not for his incredibly small hands. Goodness gracious me! Together they are Duff Duff and and Quarters, quarters. and this is your favourite Favourite footy footy podcast.
1: It's unbelievable!
0: Hello everybody, Thursday it is time for the second edition this week of the Duff and Quarters podcast And we have AFL finals starting tonight with the big game at the Gabba in Brisbane The Brisbane Lions taking on the Richmond Tigers We are brought to you as usual by Tab Touch Those with the touch can better their bet, download Tab Touch today Please gamble responsibly, please call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you encounter any difficulties and quarters, are you excited yet? I'm excited. I've had September two.
1: Ca- one, my favourite. This is hands down my favourite time of year.
0: So I've had two chamomile teas before coming into. Oh, I promise. Thank- I promise. No early podcast rant. Oh, still about recovering. Round twenty three fixturing I'm, I'm mellow.
1: I thought it was Alex Ferguson sitting <laughs> in the other seat. It's <laughs> to a to hair hairdryer spray. It's <laughs> this not the best time of year. Uh, Spring, weather's starting to improve. Pies and the hot dogs and the beers are getting a little bit more expensive.
0: You no, know, I footy, come from it? a farm. I always love summer shearing. I don't know why, because it was bloody Summer's
1: hot. great too, but I love this. I think coming from Melbourne, there's something different about September. Yeah. You know, all the footy posters start going up in people's windows, and the, 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 everything's blossoming, and the footy finals are upon us. Particularly after my rant earlier in the week of a buy last weekend. So I'm just thankful we've got some footy and we've got some footy tonight
0: yes and it's going to be big too because the brisbane lions it's fair to say have been challenged and everyone thinks richmond are coming and can somehow do the remarkable which may or may not be true i'm yet to be convinced but i do think richmond is in tonight's game up to their eyeballs um
1: i think it says to lose
0: you think richmond's goes in a clear
1: favourite. I think they do in my mind yes
0: yeah I I think it's a 50-50 game this one a little bit
1: swirling around this game too yeah dusty dusty yes Uh, caught groping uh, albeit I think at a strip club which uh, I haven't been to any Duff but I'm told that's what you do
0: what you go there to grope people do you apparently yes I'm not sure right
1: (laughs) Um, but Dusty's been implicated in this This footage of him The AFL is investigating it He's clearly playing tonight uh, Should he play?
0: Uh, I think probably pending the investigation Yeah, probably
1: Yeah, I think pending the investigation I that's think there'd
0: right. be a denial of natural justice If they're just starting an investigation Well, Damien Hardwick says
1: he's there. at 80% I'd play him at 50
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. I, But I think at 80 is fine mm-hmm. Yeah I, I Look, it's, it's an interesting one Um, And I wrote this in a column earlier in the week. Um, Noah Cumberland has kicked 18 goals in the seven games since Dusty's been missing. Yeah. So if you could only get one of them out there, which one would it be? Because Dusty wasn't kicking 18 goals in seven games.
1: Yeah, I'm having Dusty out there.
0: Ahead of Noah Cumberland. Probably the best
1: fi- – I've done a little exercise this week. Um, the best finals players of all time, and uh, there's some absolute greats in there.
0: So who have you got in there?
1: I've got Dusty. I'll tell you the list. i uh, a bit du- of a spoiler alert here. Yeah, I've got Dusty. I've got Gary Ablett Sr. Now, I know in a lot of grand finals he wasn't great, but certainly in the 89 series he was unbelievable. Yep. Nine in the GF. I've got Peter Matera from 92. I've got Andrew McLeod. Yep. Uh, Kevin Bartlett, he's got an incredible record. Uh, he was f- seven GFs and five flags, Kevin Bartlett. Um, Luke Hodge, I've got Matthew Scarlett. So in t- 2007, uh, didn't concede a goal in his three games. He was incredible that year. Uh, Gary Ayres, two Norm Smiths. Wayne Carey. Now, again, in GF, sometimes he's a little underwhelming, but in 2004, great, great final series.
0: 1994, you mean.
1: Uh, sorry, 1994. Um, Played with a torn calf muscle. Yeah. I've got Nigel Lappin in here as well, um, because obviously he played with a, uh, a series of broken ribs and uh, with a painkiller. I always wonder how he felt 24 hours after that grand final. What I, about
0: from the lips of Lethal? How did Lethal stack up good. in finals?
1: Yeah, Lethal's good. I'll got I just reel some off without going into too much depth. Joe Mercedes. 2,000. Ryan O'Keefe, 2012. Nigel Lappin. I've got Leon Baker in 84. Dermot Brereton, born in a final in 82. Kicked eight goals in a losing GF. Uh, Wayne Harms, good finals player. James Hurd, Darren Jarman, Chris Judd, Lee Matthews. uh, Kicked seven goals twice in finals. Eight goals, uh, sorry, six goals in in the 83 grand final win. Wayne Schimmelbush, there's a name from the past. 29 finals, best for North Melbourne in 16 of them. That's not bad. Uh, Michael Voss, you don't have to talk about him. He was just a jet. Alex Jezelenko, great in finals too. Some great names there. Uh, Chris Lewis is the other one. So in 1990, so Matera's 92 final series, outstanding. Chris Lewis in 1990, just about the best final series you've ever seen from an individual player.
0: Yeah, I've... I do remember Louie in 1990 and, and thought that was the coming of age, both of him and West Coast. Um, it's a great exercise. There's I a have,
1: few I've missed there too, but, you know, great great players amongst those.
0: Leon Baker's an interesting one, you know, because Leon Baker, we remember the 84. Um, the 84 and 85 games, but what we forget is that Leon Baker was, I think he was best on ground for South Bunbury in a premiership in 1980. I think he was Swan District's best in a losing Preliminary final in 81. He was one of the best on the ground in 82 when they won the flag. He was in their best six players in 83 mm. when they won the flag. He was one of the two or three best players on the ground in 84 when Essendon beat Hawthorne. And he was one of the two or three best players on the ground in 85. When, when Essendon flogged Hawthorne. Essendon yeah. absolutely flogged Hawthorne. So, Morris Rioli.
1: Yeah, great final.
0: Uh, brilliant in 79 when South lost. Uh, Simpson medalist in 80 when they won. Uh, Simpson medalist in 81, shared with Gary Shaw when they lost, and Norm Smith medalist in 82 with Richmond when they lost. So close to best on ground in four grand finals in a row at either Waffle or VFL level, three Mm. times in losing teams. That's a pretty fair record as well.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's a few Waffle greats we've missed as well. So uh, really interesting exercise, that one.
0: So trade talk... West Coast, in the process of going through their exit interviews, they will get most of this done next week after their waffle team is finished. Um, A bit of scuttlebutt, we know that Port Adelaide is coming hard at Junior Rioli, and we know now that Alistair Clarkson has reached out and made contact with Junior Rioli as well. So this is an interesting one. Junior Rioli has always been the one West Coast player we have thought would have some trade currency. And so the question is, do you keep him? Does he owe the club, or do you let him go and try and reap the the draft bounty that he may offer you?
1: Well, I don't think he's the only player with trade currency, but right now he's the one being. So t- you're
0: you're the McGovern of course, on the trade of table. course.
1: But uh, look, uh, I'm not sure if Essendon and Richmond are also into junior Rioli. Yeah, Richmond would be an interesting mix, given they've already got two Riolis there, who are both great talents. Um, I think I don't subscribe to the theory that he owes West Coast nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, he can go on his terms. He owes them plenty. They've stood behind him throughout the last few years um, through his suspensions. I think uh, West Coast should get trade value out of it. I think I think second round, I don't think you're getting anything higher than that.
0: I think if you got a first rounder for Junior Rioli, you've had a massive win. Yeah, so
1: no. I think so, second round. Second
0: round's about the going rate. Something in the 20s. Yeah. And I think the thing that West Coast, has to, West Coast has to set that whole, what does he owe us, Aside, and they just have to ask the question what is the best outcome? Yeah, for the it's
1: client? not what he owes. Yeah, that's right. But he owes them trade value. Yeah. That's what he owes them. So I, I would hate to see him go for next to nothing.
0: Yeah. Is there a part of you that would like to see Junior? play on at West Coast yes. and and have a great season yes. and, and and reclaim. He's his a premiership
1: player at West Coast. They've stood by him. I'd like to see him finish it off there. I don't begrudge him moving. That's fine too as long as they get value for him, but the fairy tale story is him staying.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's the modern football conundrum, isn't it? Like players have to maximize their value as much as possible for as long as they can. They are professionals, but there is that still that whole club loyalty, uh, coach. It's, it's, I reckon it's almost personal loyalties, I reckon, more than anything. Um, so this may be decided by the level of loyalty uh, that goes on between Adam Simpson and Junior Rioli and vice versa, and also the, the level of loyalty felt by Junior Rioli to and from his um, premiership team. Well,
1: you've nailed it bang on. I reckon the level of loyalty to Adam Simpson would be huge yeah. from Junior Rioli. He has stuck by him.
0: Adam Simpson's been a great supporter of Junior Rio and has made a couple of trips to the Tiwi to support him when he was, you know, enduring the darkest of these times. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think West Coast, the club, have to ask the question, just forget issues of loyalty and who owes who. What is the best outcome for the club? And I suspect the best the highest percentage outcome for the club is probably Junior Rioli on the trade table for a pick in the 20s. Footy's
1: changed. Back in the day, it was more rare for it was rarer for players to leave if they'd been rusted on for a long time at a club, premiership players at a club. Now it's about getting one more year tacked on to the end of a contract. That could happen at Hawthorne with Luke Bruce and Jack Gunston. I'd hate to see it happen. Jack Gunston's been linked to Brisbane. Uh, I'd hate to see those players go from Hawthorne, but it may happen. Um, Hawthorne's shown no reluctance to release players either So things have changed
0: Well if you're Hawthorne Is Jack Gunston playing in your next finals team?
1: He's not But further to your theory That you need some experience there Because it is a very young group I like him in that forward line I like Luke Brew Luke Brewster And both of them are still playing great footy So I'd like to see them in that side next year but you look at what you can get a get for them.
0: Likely destination for Junior Rioli. We know that Port Adelaide are into him, have a big contract offer on the table for him. And we also know that Alistair Clarkson has reached out for him. Alistair Clarkson, the new uh, coach of North Melbourne. Where do you think is the most likely destination? Jeez, that's a hard
1: one. I'm not sure. I mean, you've, on the one hand, Port would be compelling and... Um, North Melbourne Clarkson
0: And I suppose we couldn't Rule Would out Richmond to... Given that Shane Edwards Has just been left out Yes Of has. their team For tonight's game Will probably be the Medi sub We think uh, But that probably spells Pretty close to the end For Shane Edwards So therefore Shane Edwards That player who sometimes Plays mid Sometimes plays forward That roughly fits Junior Rioli's skill set So maybe they're in the I the think as
1: well. Oh look I think If I'm junior The perfect destination Is Richmond Yeah But I'd want to have a look at Clarko if I was him. I think there'd be a bit of intrigue about Clarko. They'll get some players purely on the back of Clarkson and I want to play under him.
0: And they might keep some as well. There's there's talk now that Cam Zerha, um, who had been sort of like loosely linked to West Coast in particular, um, Cam Zerha... Even if he did leave North Melbourne He would want to stay in Melbourne Now if he's staying in Melbourne I suspect he's staying at North Melbourne mm. um, So well, that's an interesting Horne change Horn Francis the is the
1: other one too I don't think he knows yet To be quite frank Where he's going to end up
0: Yeah, well What I would say about that is Having Alistair Clarkson doesn't hurt No Does it? No. As far as um, Jason Horn Francis goes So yeah, some some interesting times we're, we're about to hit the silly season If you like uh, We've hit it <laughs> with we're in it with AFL trades uh, ramping up big time. So uh, mail from Fremantle is that Sam Sturt will be offered a one-year contract. Um, Sam Sturt's had an interesting year, I reckon, because I think the club has asked him to change his skill set, and I think he struggled with it. So isn't? they
1: want more run the other way, well, more defensive pressure, more
0: defensive pressure. I think. So yeah. where does he fit into that side? So that's an interesting question. I, see, I would argue that if Michael Walters gets to 32 next year and struggles. That probably the player in the Fremantle Ford structure, Sam Sturt, most likely fits the skill set of it's probably Michael Walters. He's a finisher, very silky player. He's a goal kicker. Um, He's not a tackle-applier, pressure-applier. So not yet anyway. Um, So I think that's what they're trying to get him to develop in his game. And I think in trying to develop that, they've kind of got him to a stage where he's neither one thing nor the other, and he's lost the goals. It's a
1: frustrating period for Sam Sturt. Who would have been expected to be a regular by this
0: stage? But also, let's not forget that Sam Sturt pretty much had two seasons wiped out by injury. So this, in effect, might be Sam Sturt's second season... Second full season as an AFL player. So the fact that he's gotten through this season, played a lot of footy, and then gets to do a pre-season and ramp all that up, that they might be looking forward to that as, okay, there might be something more to be had here. So we'll watch that space very closely.
1: We better tip some winners or losers. Let's call them winners at this stage. Yep. And um, and then we'll move on. We've got a pretty big mailbag this week.
0: Okay. So... tonight. Brisbane versus Richmond at the Gabba, Glenn. Uh, you're saying Bri- Richmond halfway across the line. I am not as convinced as that as you are.
1: But uh, Brisbane's form's why? been hardly convincing. I think Richmond will be a bit, too, uh, a bit too quick and ferocious for Brisbane. I think Brisbane is slow. I'm yet to be convinced their forward line can function. They have two players go. Too many players go missing. There, there are a couple of outs. So we're, we're Answorth out. We're Rainer out. It's Marcus a big, Adams. And Marcus Adams. We're a big. It's gonna. It's gonna have to. Someone's gonna have to step up. Now, who is that player? Who? So, interestingly, Shy Bolton's come across late. He's had some personal issues to deal with. He is playing. He's your real. If you look at the first player, I'm looking at. If I'm Brisbane, is I'm looking at Shy Bolton. So I'm going probably Starsevich.
0: Stasovitch to Bolton, which means Martin will play mainly forward here. So probably thinking Darcy Gardner to yep. Martin, and then you've got uh, Tom
1: Lynch, of course, so and Rewalt. So who you've got? Um, uh, Harris Andrews, Harris Andrews, and you've also got McStay as an option.
0: No, McStay goes forward. Um, I think Jackson Payne plays, and Jackson Payne plays on um, uh, Jack Rewalt. L- okay, and you just have to back him in. Um, you know, like. Uh, in, the, in games like this, you've got to ask someone to do a big job, I think. So who
1: stands up for Brisbane in this game?
0: I think their midfield's got to stand yep. up. I, I think that's where they can get hold of the game. They need a massive game from Lockie Neal. They need a massive game from Oscar McInerney. Oscar McInerney needs to really get on the front foot and dominate. He needs to go forward and give them a marking presence as well. See,
1: I reckon you're going to get a massive game from Lockie Neal. We know that. You're probably going to get a great contribution from McCluggage. I reckon it's up to someone like Alliance. Who's just going to have to... I,
0: Ly- the fact that Lyon's even playing bothers me. But you need someone to step up to, well, to actually... I'd argue that player is Dane Zorko. Like, after the, the goings-on of the last game, um, the way he reacted, he reacted really badly. Now, clearly there was a lot of stuff going backwards yep. and forwards, but uh, he said himself, he stepped over the line, went too far with that. Um, we know the fallout from that all too well. Um, he's the captain of the club. Um, depending on how they go and depending on how they view him next year, this may be his last game as captain of okay, the
1: Okay, so is it too unfair and too harsh to say this is a defining moment for Dane Zorko?
0: I would say this. there's two players to me this is a defining moment for. Yeah. One is Dane Zorko and the other one's Joe Danaher. Yeah. Joe Danaher went to that club on good money um, you know, the club's been good for him. They've set him up where he wants to be set up. He's out of the limelight. He's out of the Melbourne bubble. Um, a lot of this stuff has been about lowering the pressure on Joe. Joe, this is what you're paid to do, mate. This is what you are paid to do.
1: So one and five in finals under Chris Fagan. And by the way, Chris Fagan has absolutely doubled down with his support for Zorka, as you would expect. Yep. Um, and I would be surprised if he didn't. So, well, look, I, I get the point. It's It seems... On the one hand, everyone's almost expecting – because Brisbane's form has been so poor and Richmond's been white hot, everyone's expecting Richmond to come and, you know, a bit of a boil over. So it's funny to talk about a Brisbane ambush at the Gabba where they rarely lose. But one and five in finals – Five of
0: those finals at the Gabba.
1: Yeah. Albeit a couple of them have been one, one, point, loss. one point and three point losses. So, yeah. you know, it's not a monkey. This is a howler monkey. You know what a howler monkey is? What, more like a gorilla? No, it's a monkey that lives in the Amazon and you can hear them from a couple of k's away. They're really loud. <laughs> this is a howler monkey on the back of Brisbane. They have to get up and win this tonight. But I'm, pip- I'm tipping Richmond. I just don't see... I look at that R- Brisbane side and I just don't see enough X-Factor jumping out at me and I think Richmond's style will bother them. I agree with you. If their midfield can get on top and get enough into that forward line, enough supply, then it could be on, but... Yeah, I just, it's hard to go past
0: Richmond at the moment. I'm going to pick them. So Richmond is $1.67, and Brisbane is $2.20. That's amazing, really, isn't it, when you think about it? I think this is an even game. I, I think Brisbane is overs at that. I think Brisbane is a good value bet. Um, this is their home ground. Don't forget, they led the Tigers by nearly seven goals. And then coughed it up a few weeks. You don't back. reckon that'll be playing on their minds again. Oh, I well, yeah, but how does it play on their mind? Because
1: we were that far in front of them, and we still managed to lose. And conversely, Richmond will be saying we can beat them from any position. Yeah. So it is a different state of affairs in Brisbane. But I just I'm not confident enough in Brisbane and where they've been lately to pick them.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Sounds uh, like you're still making your mind up as we speak. No, no, no. I'm I'm happy with the tip of Brisbane. Now I'm not saying tip that of Brisbane. Bris- I'm not saying that Brisbane. Are sure things in this game Mm. But what I would say is that I think that Those odds Are overs for Brisbane Um, And I just get the feeling This will be line in the sand time For Brisbane And Everyone's assuming That Richmond has got all their Eggs in a row You know or All their ducks in a row Sorry um, And they're going to make this Irresistible charge Towards the grand final I'm just yet to be convinced about that
1: I'm not convinced They're going to make a charge Towards the grand final I'm just more convinced About this evening Yeah Who's the big sculpt They've claimed Exactly. So there's the question mark about going deep, but I think tonight might be a different story. All
0: right. So uh, you're on Richmond. I'm on Brisbane. Melbourne versus Sydney. MCG on Friday night. Uh, Melbourne are $1.48 with Tab Touch. Sydney $2.65. Who wins and why, Quarters? Uh, Melbourne
1: wins. Best defence in the competition, marginally, over Fremantle in terms of uh, goals conceded. Um They've got the midfield to go, like, inside 50 dominance. When they do, I think they've won 13, lost one, when they've won the inside 50s this year. I think Melbourne's hit form at the right time. They were – even players like Melksham have stepped up in the last four or five weeks. Uh, It's sort of to the level that Melbourne was at in last year's final series. I'll give you – throw an X factor at you, though. This is a young Sydney group who don't know how to lose. They don't want to lose. They don't know how to lose at the moment – I'm going to throw a name at you. This is my X Factor for this final series. If you're talking about a player who we could be talking about, in, th- we're talking about him now, but in four weeks or three weeks or whatever, as in, gee, I didn't realise he was that good, is, um, is Chad Warner. Here's a stat. He's 21. He's played 36 games. I know. It's incredible, isn't it? He has really stepped into the mantle uh, left by Josh Kennedy. And Josh Kennedy's been mentoring him beside, behind the scenes. The kid's got talent. The kid goes 110 miles an hour at it. Uh, incidentally, he was reeled back in by John Longmire early days too for doing that in a pre-season. But I love watching him. A good East Fremantle kid. He's a real X Factor for me. I love the way the Sydney side goes about it. So you can never write them off. Um, it's a tough first first up ask for them at the MCG against Melbourne.
0: So they beat Melbourne at the MCG... Uh, back in that mid-season slump that Melbourne had when they lost three in a row. Now, there's a few things, there's a few factors that played in there that uh, you would think that Melbourne has addressed and overcome since then. I'm going to tip Melbourne, but I do think this will be a close game. And you're right, Warner, you know, the matchup. I'm really really looking forward to and it won't be a matchup they'll shake hands at the start of the game and then they won't see each other till the finish but Warner versus Oliver and the different things they bring to their various clubs midfield and
1: rates him as one of the players he looks up to and models himself on as well I agree with you 100% and I don't think they're number two points for and number two points against too, they're, they're, Sydney are a very very good side, um, by the way John Longmire 22 finals in 27 years Sydney and under Longmire they
0: Really missed, if maybe one, one year or two. So. so is John Longmire the most underrated coach Hundred the because, Absolutely. Because he, he, he doesn't just keep his team in the mix consistently. He changes the nature of the team. So this team is a completely different team to the one that won the 2012 flag.
1: Yeah, and it evolves, it evolves without bottoming out and it evolves quickly. They may have the... Um, the list restructuring down perfectly, Sydney.
0: They also have the academies.
1: They have the academies. You know the other one who may be underrated, probably not by you, and maybe not by me, is Chris Scott, for what he's yeah, what achieved. I I? Yeah, yeah, I don't underrate Chris Scott. Yeah, I don't, but a lot of people do, because they just look at silverware and the fact that he's only achieved it once with this group. Um, but Sydney, incredible record. Um, just, just, you know, heart, they're going to give it one hell of a fight. No, they don't want to lose. They don't know how to lose. But I just think Melbourne, Cherry ripe for me, they are one of the two best sides in it.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm going to go Melbourne. I think that uh, this is where Melbourne franks its... Status in the AFL pecking order And I think they can get this done by two to three goals Geelong versus Collingwood Geelong thirty-seven. Collingwood $3.10 I'm going to say right at the outset quarters This is the Saturday afternoon game at the MCG Probably played in front of eighty-five to 90,000 people Collingwood are way over the odds What are they? They're $3.10 Yeah, that's way over Collingwood play a game Style that will stand up in September So it's a Richmond game style It's a Richmond game style, Richmond are 10 and 2 In finals since the start of 2017
1: But it worked And it's worked so far for Collingwood this year And it worked for Richmond in finals Will it work for Collingwood in finals Against a team like Geelong Which will deny them possession
0: Don't get me wrong I'm going to tip Geelong in this game I think Geelong are the minor premiers Geelong has the right to go into this game as a favourite But a thirty-seven favourite against a team that's won, what, 12 of 13? That probably says a lot about...
1: So, they've been smashed in contested possession, Collingwood. Did I read that right?
0: They get smashed at clearances. Yeah. They lose contested
1: possession. Yeah, they've won all these games in a row. They've won by narrow margins. So, yes, they get... You talk about sides that don't know how to lose. They are one of those. But... I just think they're coming up against an opponent with a different game style which may they won't, may not like to play against
0: and a good coach. Yeah. So we saw John Longmire take the ball out of Collingwood's hands at the SCG a couple of weeks ago, didn't allow them to get the surge, go ahead mentality going, basically stopped, you know, stopped it from being a game in motion. Turned it into a game where it was kick mark so kick back.
1: So you mark. don't reckon they'll be watching a bit of that footage this week.
0: Oh, they will be. Mm. Yeah. But he's still got to do something about Nick Dacos, and Nick Dacos will be harder harder to contain at the MCG than he was at the SCG. Um, So what do they do with him? Do they slap a tag on him? Do they try and get a player on him who can get dangerous and exploit him going the other way? Well, I would have thought that that's probably been happening for about eight weeks where coaches have been trying to expose Nick Dacos going the other way. The only thing that's really worked is having an accountable forward play on him. um, So who is, is that accountable forward? At Geelong. I don't know. I don't that see one. I don't see one. The no. 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 Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, there is an absolute log jam for selection at Geelong. Um, Sam Menegola, for example, who was nearly their best player in the 2020 grand final mm. at the Gabba, he's no guarantee of being inside the best 22 this September. So that Given
1: cal- where he was at, well, that's just, that's footy. That's how cruel footy can be, and that would be a very sad outcome because he was playing some bloody good football for Geelong.
0: So he's had injury interruptions All this Australian season. on the squad. Yep. So that, that, but that tells you how well Geelong are going. So they're going pretty well. Uh, I'm going to tip the Cats, but I don't think there'll be much in it. I reckon it's a three-to-four goal game. This Is
1: way. this the final series? I know he's getting on a bit, but his form's been good. He's had a rest. He's rebuilt. Is this Dangerfield's final series?
0: Um, no, I would have thought Dangerfield's a role player in this final series. I think that the two players that hold the key to me for Geelong are the two big forwards, yep. Hawkins and Cameron. And Cameron
1: may or may not play. I know that all the language says he will play this weekend. but
0: Yeah, so it's – look, they're a bit different with hamstrings than they used to be, aren't they? Well,
1: yeah. this one was a low grade. Oh, yep. Geelong said it was a low grade, so we trust them on their word. You know my thoughts. I'm just, I'm just not sure I'd risk him when you've got the double chance.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a big call. Can they win the flag without him? Well, I think the other question is, can they win the flag if they lose this game? And I think the answer is yes, mm. they can. Because they'll pretty much stay put in Melbourne. Um, you know, they won't have to travel. They might have to go to, depending on the outcome of the other one, it's possible they might have to go to Sydney to play in a prelim. But they will know that when they take the field anyway. So I wonder if they're waiting to see what the outcome of the Melbourne... Sydney game is if Melbourne wins that Geelong might think let's rest Jeremy, and the worst case scenario here is we lose this and we have to play three MCG finals to win the flag. Mm. Um, yeah, so interesting for oh, you, Cats. Yes, I'm Cats. How much? Three goals. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Fremantle versus the Western Bulldogs. Fremantle are a dollar fifty. The Bulldogs are two dollars sixty. Now there's two interesting outs in this one. Obviously, we all know about Nathan Fife. Been back page here for a couple of days um, twangs the hammy and uh, basically they would probably need to go at least to preliminary final level for him to be any chance to play again and it would be a massive call to play him given what he's been able to do. He's un- fit he's playing. Unable to do. If he's
1: fit they'll make that call.
0: Probably yeah. but it's a still a big call. Yeah it's a massive call but yeah
1: all the calls in finals are massive calls.
0: So he plays. Let's, that, that one's two weeks down the track yeah. anyway. Let's do uh, with this. I think The the Tom Liberatore out for the Bulldogs is a bigger out. Couldn't agree with you more. Could
1: not agree with you more. I think he's their most important player. And
0: And does that stun you? Uh, yeah, that does. I yeah. think Marcus Bond is their best player and therefore their most he, important This player.
1: bloke is the most important player for them given he is the extractor. He's, he's an igniter. A, he gets everything going for them. Yeah. And we saw that even in their loss at Marvel. He was pretty good in that area. He's always at the coalface. I think he's huge to them. I think he's a massive out. So when I saw his out, I thought I was wavering in my tip. As soon as he was out, I thought, I'm going free. Yeah,
0: I've never wavered in this tip. I, I think that... Th- before Fremantle and Five fans get too outraged by this, you can't miss what you haven't had. They've had Nathan Fire seven times out of 22 this year. So that basically means they haven't had him, so therefore they're not going to miss him. Um, I would say that... Um, uh, well, look, they would rather he was there. But it's it's like a... It's one of those big selection calls, isn't it? They can
1: win without him. But if he's fit and available, he's in my 22. He walks into my 22. I think there's no way you can play a final without him if he's available. Gives you so much upside.
0: I think because the Bulldogs rely so heavily on midfield dominance and because Liberatore is an important part of that, I think that he's a big out for them. And, uh, you know, the words about Bailey Smith mm. and the vision we've seen of Bailey Smith on the training track aren't that convincing either. Mm. So clearly Bailey Smith is going to come into this carrying something.
1: Let's not forget, they probably shouldn't be there. The dogs. Uh, scraped in. Well, they, 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 they got there, didn't they? But... They had to rely on others.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you get there, you deserve to be there. Mm. Um, th- the eight most deserving clubs get to the finals. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what
1: Carlton supporters might argue that case with well, you. Well, mate, yeah. two goes at it last yeah, two I know, weeks. I know, good, I
0: know. Good opposition, I'll grant you, but, you know, they were in position to win them both. They lost them both. So, Bailey
1: Banfield plays, Tabernet goes to the waffle?
0: Um well, we'll know this afternoon. Tabernet would be a big call for me. I, I would rather see them go in a different direction. I would probably go with, you know what, I'd go with Lloyd Meek. I'd go the two ruckmen. I'd ask Sean Darcy to get forward more. Um, Griffin Lowe, we think he's, he's fine with that groin issue. You've got Roy Lobb playing. Roy Lobb plays to me as a pure forward in this game. Uh, then I want a forward ruck. Um, which would be Darcy fifty percent of the chance, and I want the bustling tall forward. Probably going to help
1: you against English and Sam Darcy.
0: And I'd have Bailey Banfield as the medis. So. Yeah,
1: it's, because they're the they for me. That's the real danger. Yeah, is that that twin attack? You know, Sam Darcy now. Yeah, uh, can go forward, can go back, probably go forward.
0: So that's why for me Griffin Loge was always was never in any doubt about playing in this game, because basically if things go badly, Griffin Logue has to go back on play. On so Lobb
1: plays, Logue plays. How many does Lob have to kick, or is it not all about Lobb?
0: It's about not being outmarked. It's about It's getting about the halving the, the
1: contest, and it's yeah. about Switkowski. It's about Schultz. It's about kick friendly. two,
0: three would be a bonus. Four would be absolute uh, primo deluxe. Um, but, yeah, get your hands in the air, compete really hard, uh, let the ball hit the deck. Uh, and uh, and let the smalls go to work. So we're both on Frio? I'm on Frio by four goals in this. And I've been... Look, it's only a two-horse race. Um, Fremantle hasn't played finals for six years, so they're a bit of an unknown quantity in September. I just think that if you, um, if you finish fifth and you're playing eighth, you've made the finals comfortably. You've beaten them at their home ground three weeks ago. You've both got you know, pretty significant outs and this is played at your home ground. You deserve to be a favourite and a comfortable favourite.
1: Um, I'm really excited for uh, Sarong for... Um brace your for Brody um, and and the back line there um, actually had a really nice chat with Alex Pierce last week he's yeah. done a phenomenal job as acting captain of that team that back line is really set and really solid um, they're very comfortable uh, playing with each other so it's going to be hard to penetrate they'll, they'll get the job done I think Freo one thing I forgot to add earlier when we we're talking about Melbourne and Sydney Duff is that Goodwin as he was heading into last year's grand final has come down with a pretty bad flu again yeah so the only caveat i'd add to melbourne sydney is uh i hope that doesn't obviously affect the players because it can
0: like as in it goes into the player group. it goes
1: into the player group and we saw what happened in geelong in the pre- preliminary final last year so, yeah that's a good call uh, i just thought i'd add that because if he's out
0: if he's unable to take his place what i would say is they there is no shortage of coaching expertise on that panel mm. to get them through that game if <clears throat> if they have to keep Simon Goodwin, in isolation from the play group, they will have the expertise in the coach's box. Yes, they will.
1: who's oh, a sensational, so, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, Mark Williams is there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, they've got a lot of senior coaching experience there.
1: Uh, now, Duff, it's time for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. Yes, thank you to Thirsty Camel. Thank you to Green Coast Lager from Stone and Wood Brewery. We'll be giving away a carton uh, today. Uh, Please keep your emails short and let us know if you're from the great state of Western Australia. You can't win one if you're not from the state of Western Australia. Some funny and some serious emails today, Duff. Righto. I'll start with one from Chris. Hello from Sunny Carnarvon. Duff, I'm with you and your much-needed rant from Tuesday regarding Round 20 T fixturing and the start of the AFL W season. I get what the Nuffies of AFL House were trying to do, but the pre-finals by sucks and can be mitigated with my simple formula. Start the fixtures back to front with state specific derbies, with the remaining 10 Vic teams remaining in Melbourne playing off against each other. That way every team gets a home game before the final series begins. The AFL season can start straight after the men's grand final as starting it now does not do it just as as it's overshadowed by the blokes. Simple.
0: Yep. I don't have a problem with that. Um, Yes, apologies for um, losing myself and the rant. There's a couple
1: more. Don't worry, but don't apologise. We like it when you get angry. It's fine. Uh, This one from Fred, uh, directed at me, Duff. Can Quarters please stop pronouncing Rankine as uh, Rankin as Rankine? It's Rankin. I did check, double check that, and sorry, uh, yes, Fred, you are correct, and I apologise, Fred, and I certainly hope you can sleep at night now that I've corrected that.
0: Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, jeez, Fred. <laughs>
1: Have some chamomile tea, <laughs> please. This one from Mark, I'd like... Your thoughts on where you rate Jack Darling in the history of Eagles forwards, as I rate him as a third ever best forward behind Kennedy and Sumich. Darling's skills and mobility for a key forward are at the elite standard. and He will end his career with around 600 goals, has a rare ability to take a contested mark, turn and successfully pass to a play in goal. A scoring opportunity was the exact role of a set forward. It goes on a bit, but I think we get your point.
0: Uh, and you'll get no argument from me There was Scotty Cummings who was there briefly Who did win a Coleman medal at, um, at West Coast But Jack Darling has been a very, very good player For West Coast And a very maligned player by the West Coast fans Unfairly
1: uh, Matt from Mount Hawthorne Hey fellas, I really hope an interstate team Wins the Premiership this season Can't really see it happening besides maybe Sydney Since 2006, only two interstate teams Have won a Premiership, Sydney and West Coast It's been a Victorian domination Out of the 15 grand finals, 22 times a Victorian team has played. Maybe it's time the AFL starts looking into the fixtures. Richmond playing their last seven games at the MCG in 2019 doesn't make it an even competition. It's becoming unfair having the big Victorian teams play 16, 17 times a season in Victoria. The only hope an interstate team has of making the grand final is finishing top two. We'll stop there because I can keep going. Love your show, won't miss it for anything. Clubhouse leader for me.
0: Okay, so... This is why I went on the rant the other day is because it doesn't take much common sense from AFL House to understand that because our teams cross the Nullarbor 10 times, it is far more likely they'll be disadvantaged by an away game in round 23 than the, the Victorian clubs who might only cross a border of any kind, which means... The train ride into – the tram ride, as Mick Muldas wants to describe it, to Adelaide or up to Sydney. Or, or the down. tram
1: ride from MCG down to uh, Docklands.
0: Yeah, like all those things. It, it's, all these things tell you you need to be careful with the travel schedules of the interstate clubs and the West Australian clubs in particular, and they just sit there with their poker faces like it doesn't matter and you can't do anything about it, when if you use about five brain neurons, you can
1: This one from Landon. Interesting email, this one. Hi, Duff and Quarters. Love the podcast. Easily the best AFL show out there. Thank you, Landon. No footy comments from me, but I was listening on Tuesday when I accidentally hit the screen where it increases the speed of the pod. Apple pod app. As I was trying to get it back to normal, I stumbled across half speed. And it sounds like you had knocked off a few too many stone and woods while discussing (laughs) footy. Brought me to tears laughing. If you want to give people a laugh on Thursday, play a recording at half speed for a bit of fun.
0: Oh, and if you play it backwards, it says, the Beatles must die.
1: Un- unbutton your <laughs> collar. Collar the devil is ace, it says, actually, backwards. So. <laughs> um, this one from, thank you. <laughs> you got us laughing. <laughs> thank you. Uh, ben from Adelaide. G'day, gents. Always love listening to your weekly podcast as a diehard Frio supporter living in S.A. Hope you're liking the cheese and sausage carts and the brown water over there in South Australia, Uh, Ben. With rain expected before the game on Saturday night and the known drainage issues at Optus Stadium, plus Dockers being terrible in the wet, what's the chance of someone bringing out the super-sopper test cricket style to make sure the ground is bone-dry before the opening bounce? Not quite as silly as it sounds. I don't qualify for the Green Coast lagers, but did you manage to get tickets for the game on Saturday night? Oh, sorry, but I did manage. So I'll be flying to Perth and would love to split them with you two boys. Um, I don't think there's an issue with drainage. They've just coped some pretty poor weather there.
0: Um, play, yeah, and, and it got chopped up because it was there was a lot of traffic on there during the wet. Um, look, as far as the wet weather goes, I'm not sure it helps the Bulldogs anymore. It's been
1: scaled down a bit too, by the way. The expected rainfall has been scaled down to about two to four mils.
0: Yeah, right. Well, that's barely at all. Yeah,
1: it? and it's earlier in the day. Possible thunderstorms early. but uh, I, And I think... Frio have addressed it, haven't they, their wet-weather footy?
0: Not to say they've overcome it, but they've addressed it. Well, whether they've addressed it or not, I think, remains to be seen a little bit. But the Bulldogs, I would argue, throw the ball around a lot. Yeah. Um, And that is not conducive to good footy in the wet either. So I'm not sure that either team is advantaged by wet weather.
1: G'day, boys. It's J-Dog here. For starters, the pre-finals by suck. What is the point? I hate it. Get rid of it. With that off my chest, let's talk Luke Jackson. The mail I have is that the deal is all but done. I'm concerned this could set us back next year and beyond. Apart from not filling any immediate need for us positionally, we could potentially lose Lob, Logue, Acres and Meek, not to mention the huge salary and potential trade picks as part of the deal. Mundy, who has been in my top three this year, is retiring. Fife and are sadly look injury-cooked and could very well be following in Stephen Hill, Luke Sherry's footsteps. Our future cup of stars in Erasmus, Amos, Johnson, Warner, Tracy. Henry and the like have had little or no AFL exposure and therefore questionable future best 22. Significant outs and unknown ins. It's a glass half empty synopsis, but potentially quite a real one.
0: That's a glass half empty. Mm. So, okay, I'll just temper that a little bit. I I, I think, I'm not sure that Jackson is the silver bullet cure for Fremantle to get them from where they are all the way to the absolute top end of the ladder. Um, But what I would say is this. Jackson, let's say... Jackson comes, Lobb goes. Well, that's basically within two years you would expect Luke Jackson to be better than Rory Lobb, possibly Mm -hmm. better than him next year. Mm -hmm. So that's that. I think they will fight to keep Griffin Logue. I think he's a high-priority signing, um, and hopefully they get that done. My understanding is that Fremantle's offer to Griffin Logue is four times 500, and my understanding is that the Griffin Logue's management were looking for something more like four times 600. When they're that close, those deals – Tend to get done Now that doesn't mean It will get done It just They tend to get done I'm told he doesn't Want to leave Well that was his What he was saying Earlier in the season Maybe someone's come With a big offer uh, That we don't know About yet Sometimes You know These things can be done Very Mm. quietly And very secretively Um, I would have thought If Jackson comes Meek has to go But if Meek Goes and Jackson comes You're not really That fussed about uh, Lloyd Meek going And if I'm Lloyd Meek I'm thinking about Going anyway Because you know, you're not playing that often while Sean Darcy is the lead ruckman. That's that's the problem uh, for him. Akers, I think their view on Akers is pretty simple. Um, they would like to keep Blake Akers at a price but he may be worth more to others. And if you're Blake Akers, I have no issue whatsoever about Blake Akers saying, if Carlton's offering me three times 350 and you're only offering me two times 220 or two times 230, I have to go to Carlton. And If Fremantle are reasonable about it, they go, you know what, we can't offer you anymore, so therefore go to Carlton. But let's not forget, you've got Neil Erasmus in the waffle, you've got Matt Johnson in the waffle, you've got Carl Warner in the waffle, you've got Liam Henry in the waffle. Um, Amos. uh, Well, not for Blake Akers, but I understand what you're saying. Um, Ethan Hughes, who they tried a little bit on a wing – playing that wing role he's in the waffle as well so there's a bit they can do to cover blake acres if blake acres goes and if you need blake acres to go for luke jackson to come you do that yep
1: uh Hey, guys, with Duff getting worked up the other day about the pre-finals bye and saying if they scheduled home... I've had my camomile tea. ...then players won't get rested like... ...Ross did back in 2013. It will still happen because, don't forget, North Melbourne also rested a whole bunch of players in the final round in 2015 and they were playing in Melbourne. Also was a Friday night game. Anyway, anyway my question is, what young player will announce themselves to the AFL World this final series? Thanks and keep up the good work. Um, I've probably already told you mine. Jab Warner.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's a really good call. You know who I would have said? I would have said Cam Rayner.
1: Yeah, I, well, I might have too. Actually, <laughs> I, just, well, I just. he may still.
0: Yeah, he may. They've got to get past the Tigers first, obviously. Um, Jack, the other Jack Ginnivan. Yeah, I don't know how he'll go in the serious heat of September. Um, you know, I'm going to go for a, a freeo person. I'm going to go for Caleb Sarong. Um, I just—he's got the temperament to stand up in finals. Yeah, so Kate, do a few no of them. Wrong
1: for me. So do a few of them. Hayden Young as well. Yeah. I reckon a few of them have got the temperament, which uh, holds them in good stead. Uh, Hi, Duff and Quarters. Is it time for the AFLW to be revamped and marketed as a real point of difference in the Australian sporting landscape? Starting in 2023, I would like to suggest one, they resurrect, for, resurrect it and play under the AFL X rules format. I'll tick these off as we go. No. Two, the calendar should be from the first week in October. Two weeks break late December. Resumes fixtures in January, so 17 rounds are played. No. Three, then finals in February. No. Four, they should play fixtures Thursday night, Monday night inclusive, and play the remaining four games on Saturday and Sunday. Your thoughts, please? I don't mind that. That fourth point.
0: I don't mind the split season. I
1: hate the split season.
0: Yeah, I know you do. But, I mean, it's Mickey Mouse as it is, isn't it? You know, I don't think play so. Now eight, nine, or ten game seasons. Well, yeah, well, yeah, probably. But four of which are going to be played smack bang in the middle of AFL finals. Well, if you're going to play it in finals, then
1: start it earlier and play a longer season. But I don't like splitting the season. I think that's Mickey Mouse. You've got to have continuity in a season. If you're going to have the shorter season, start it in the bye before the grand final. Mm. If when there if and when there is a bye before the grand final. Uh, high Duffin Quarters, Gareth Morkel here now. He's the first cousin to the great Mornay and Albie Morkel of South African cricket. Wow. Um, living in Maylands, WA. How are you, Gareth? Nice to hear from you. More wow. Oh, uh, yeah. Hearing your thoughts about the boredom of the pre finals by made me think of a state of origin concept to fill the empty weekend time slots. No. Hear me out, lads. He says, because he knew you'd say that. (laughs) The State of Origin concept will be comprised of players from bottom 10 teams who didn't make finals. The State of Origin weekend could feature multiple games across the weekend, i.e., WAV Vic, New South Wales V Queensland, SAV TAS, or a standalone team, All Stars V Vic, etc. That's changed every year. Why would this concept work? One, it gives players from the bottom 10 teams something to play for even after finals are no longer mathematically possible. Great players miss out on finals every year and it motivates players to stay in form and have a chance at being selected to represent their state. Two, not every player gets selected, obviously, as the top eight teams have finals, but it does generate interest in the state-of-origin concept and will get buy-in from the fans salivating that X team would have won if X players were available to play it. Eventually, it will lead to a proper state-of-origin fixture before or after the AFL regular season. I don't think it's a crazy idea and the popularity would grow in the coming years. Let me know your thoughts, Gareth.
0: No. So, Gareth, it's a great idea, but the reason why it won't happen is because the players don't want to do it. That's the bottom line. If you're, let's say for argument's sake, you're Luke Jackson, and let's say hypothetically that Melbourne weren't playing finals, and you've got, let's say that the contract offer from Fremantle is seven times 900. So you're going to put $6.3 million at risk to play one game. You are not. And this is the problem. Their contracts with the AFL are big. Um, they know they're big, the clubs don't want them because they don't want their assets at risk and the players don't really want to do it because the dream for them is the MCG on grand final day, not State of Origin.
1: Yeah, I think the State of Origin for me, the only way it can work is similar to the NRL and that's mid-season and it's just not the buy-in there. It's not going to happen. The NRL State of Origin is bigger than the NRL grand final and that will never happen in the AFL. Correct. So there's your answer. And I
0: don't think we want it to either.
1: No, no. No, I don't. Uh, High Duff and Quarters, Mrs Longmuir here. Justin spent the weekend massaging Maddie Tabiner's calf, so I had to alo- time alone to think, and I might have solved the problem of the round 23 bye. I don't mind this one from Mrs Longmuir. Why not make it a split round? The teams that have made finals or might play finals play in the usual round 23 slot, and then a week later the teams out of contention play their games. It would keep the season rolling while stopping teams in finals contention resting players. Yes, it would only be pride on the line for these non-finals teams, but why not have fun with that? Call it the dead rub around and get Bridgestone to sponsor it. That's
0: very good. It's
1: not bad. Very good. Contender, I think. Contender? Yeah, I think Mrs Longmuir. I don't know if Mrs Longmuir has won the carton She came close. She came close? Okay, let's put Mrs Longmuir in there. Uh, G'day, Duff and Quarters. Nick from Brisbane. I know you've covered it to death but I just wanted to touch on the subject of the pre-finals. This is interesting. Again by giving you an example of what is currently happening in the NRL. You may or may not have seen that the Penrith Panthers Panthers, not Panthers Panthers. (laughs) they may have once been that, in fact (laughs) Duff, but they're not now. Are Currently three games clear at the top of the ladder and the minor premiers. There is no pre- finals by currently in the NRL but they are potentially facing the Panthers resting the bulk of their first team for the final round of the season. I think they're flagging about 10 player stuff. While they cannot move from top spot, they are playing the Cowboys who are currently second. The NRL has already stated that they will not be involved in team selections and haven't raised the issue of a pre-finals buy. My question is this, if an AFL team plays well enough during the home and away season to earn themselves top spot or a favourable position on the ladder, why should they not gain the advantage of resting their players with nothing to lose? They have worked their guts out all year to gain this advantage only for the AFL to equalise the competition in the name of integrity. Would love to know your thoughts. The only thing I'd add there, though, is that say you do that, and I don't dispute that, yeah, okay, if you've earned the right, you've earned the right. What if that compromises a team finishing 7th, 8th or ninth? And it hurts their ability to finish in the eight. So that's where it probably loses a bit of Yeah, I just,
0: again, it only takes about 30 seconds of sensible thought to fix this. And we use that 30 seconds of sensible thought to come up with derbies, showdowns, etc, etc. No one gets on a plane in round 23 and everyone's happy. That's all you need. Um... Does it mean there'll be fierce contests in round 23? Yes, it does. But so what? There should be fierce contests in round 23. But what I would say, and just once again, sip of chamomile tea, calm down, Mark. If a WA team goes on the road across the Nullarbor in round 23 and then comes back and then has to go on the road again in the first week of finals, it's almost impossible for them to win because they'll spend the best part of a day either at airports or on planes in pressurised cabins. And that's all I'll say. I
1: like the way you've lowered your voice there because Joel Yeldon um, emails, and just in the subject line, it says, Duff should fire up more often, (laughs) right? Thank you, Joel. Hi, just a couple to go. Hi, Duffin Quarters. Thanks so much. for. Oh, he won the uh, Thirsty Camel last week. I've listened to your discussion on the pros and cons of the pre-finals, but I think results from this first round will add to the argument around its merit. Question. How do you think this will impact Collingwood going into this match with Geelong? I think we could argue their success has been built on momentum. They have carried that winning, never-say-die attitude from game to game. Do you think this buy will impact them adversely? That's a really interesting point Ron from Geraldton raises. It, Geelong, um, I think they've been okay the last year or two but from 2012 to 2021 of course they were two and 12 they couldn't win after the 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 bye that's an in-season and a post-season bye so really interesting um that's valid
0: point it may could affect Collingwood could affect both yeah Geelong hasn't had a really tough run in no so therefore that might affect them or it may mean they're fresh and sharp and you know go out there and um chew Collingwood up and spit them out
1: uh, just that one last one from Raoul. Uh He he does agree with your statement about the bye, uh, and he points out NRL Team Penrith, uh, they'll be resting 10 players. But he says, in reference to Tuesday's episode, Wolf Mother is, in fact, a Sydney band. So thank you for clearing that up, Raoul. Duff, who wins the carton? I'm a bit of a fan of Mrs Longmuir. Okay, so well done, Mrs Longmuir. Is she a multiple winner? By the way, post-season, when we get together, hopefully with a few drinks at a bar with a few of our friends, our we have to do correspondents, that. we will do that. like to meet Mrs Longmuir. <laughs> Not in that way. Don't look at me like that. Just I want to know who Mrs Longmuir is. Yeah, I do too. So uh, well done. Please send your details to this
0: address. Send your mail to duffandquarters at wanews.com.au. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hopefully your team goes well in this first weekend of finals. Hopefully we've helped to tip you a winner. As usual, we have been brought to you by Tab Touch. Those with the touch can better their bet. Download Tab Touch today. Please gamble responsibly and please call Gambler's Help on one 858 858 if you run into any difficulties. Quarters, thank you very much. We'll see you on Tuesday and hopefully all our listeners will join us again on Tuesday. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the
1: Thirsty Camel Mailbag at duffandquarters at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and, of course, tell your mates.
0: Thanks for listening. This has been the Duff and Quarters podcast on the game. You know who? It's unbelievable.